hey, did you hear the news? We got a new sponsor. Our friends at 13, they make fantastic clothing from shirts to hoodies to these wonderful knit hats. 13 knows what's up when it comes to clothing. All high quality stuff. And every time I put those t-shirts on, I feel like I'm a little bit more jacked. My biceps are popping a little bit more. And they are full of nice people. Everybody that's there is fantastic. They're some of my favorite people on this planet. They make really great stuff and Check them out on their website, T-H-U-R-1-3-E-N. Pick yourself up a hoodie and a t-shirt and at checkout, use the code word CoreyCast and save yourself a little bit of money. Love those guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing. From the text messages to social media posts, it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much. Our friends at Detroit Boxing Company have done it again. Newer t-shirts, newer hoodies, newer hats, all comfy and will help you look fly as hell. Trust me, I love this product. It's something that I use. I love the t-shirts. I love the hoodie. And I love the people that work there. TJ is a fantastic person. And he puts out some really high quality stuff. So if you want some new gear to work out in, to look fly in, to look hella dope in, check them out at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Use the code word CoreyCast, all one word, to save yourself a little moolah at checkout. That's DetroitBoxingCompany.com, code word CoreyCast. My guest today is a fantastic real estate agent that works for Alan Tate. Her and her mom run a very successful team out of the Rock Hill South Carolina office, and she's been in business for quite some time now. I was really able to learn a lot of her business practices, how she works with clients, how she gets things to the closing table, how she uh, prospects for clients. But what was really cool is when Morgan isn't selling houses, she's a drag queen. And when I went into this conversation, I knew literally zero things about the drag community. I really felt like they were all about loud makeup and loud outfits. And uh, when I walked away from this conversation, I learned that the drag community is so much more than that. They are a community that fosters positivity, love. Uh, They look to create safe spaces for people. All around just really genuine, caring people that are after the same thing that a lot of us are after, a sense of community. And that's exactly what Morgan gets out out of this group of people. And it's Really cool because hearing her process on how she created her her persona, how the drag world works, it was uh, really enlightening to say the least because I felt like Morgan does a really good job of conveying information uh, really well and really expressing uh, how much she really loves that community. And I mean... Not only is she a drag queen, she absolutely kills it and slays the real estate world. 
Like, she is uh, really, really fantastic. I can't say enough good things about her. So I'm excited to share this episode with you because uh, if you've ever listened to this podcast, you know I really love people who have cool hobbies and passions because those passions and hobbies leads to really positive outlets for people. And I think this is another outlet that I didn't even realize completely existed or at least I didn't do any of the research on. So I'm very excited to share this episode with my friend, Morgan Overcash. Morgan Overcash. Okay, hold on a sec, because I feel like I should say you have the best last name ever in real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is a, a fantastic team name. It is. It's a really good team name. Uh, part of the Overcash team, my mother and I. Um, and I am married, but decided to keep my, I, for lack of a better term, maiden name. Uh, right. Just because it is so iconic. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's a team. So you're on a team with your with just your mom? Yes, just my mother and I. How long have you been in real estate? I have, well, <laughs> uh, my mother started real estate whenever I was 14 years old. So wow. I guess I've been in real estate since I was 14 because I would help her take the yard signs out and uh, over the summers uh, just do like making stuff for her and following her around then became her administrative assistant um, <laughs> while I was still in college. And then after I got out of college, was wondering what I was going to do for money because what do you do with a BA in music? Uh, not a lot in uh, this area. So decided to get my real estate license and I have been officially doing real estate, I think for 11 years. Wow. That sounds right. Yeah. That's a long time. It is. Is it crazy to think you've been in real estate for that long? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think just because I was quote unquote born into it, right. it's all I know. True. But yeah, whenever uh, people see me, they're like, oh, you must have just started. I'm like, no, I've kind of been in this my entire life. Right. And <laughs> it's just. Right. Yes. That's a, that is a great way to put it into uh perspective when mm -hmm. uh, you said you had your BA in music. Yes. Are, are you pretty to like one type of instrument? Uh, well, I was a voice major in college, mm -hmm. um, musical theater, opera, always been uh, into that. But I, at some point in time, it just stopped making joy for me. Yeah. Um, and so I decided just to keep it as one of my skill sets instead. Um, and, and it does bring me far more joy now than having to be so disciplined, I guess, is that I can do yeah. it for the joy of it as opposed to having to keep up with the training and yeah, everything. Right. Now, yeah. would you say your joy for music kind of burned out in college? Yes. I yeah. would say so. Um, nothing takes the joy out of uh, music quite like having to uh, do music theory. 
<laughs> music theory is terrible. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I hated math in school and uh, music theory is math and it just didn't do anything for me. Right. Um, but it's listening to music. That. Yeah. It, because it's the same, like I went to school for uh, graphic design and mm -hmm. the second that I went to college, I was like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. <laughs> College just kind of put out the flame for me on that. But now I get to kind of do that a little bit in uh, real estate now. Exactly. What, you uh, figure out a way to like merge the two, like your love for music or singing really uh, and real estate. So what I, when I initially started out, um, I would post videos every now and then of me singing in the car on the way to showings. Um, <laughs> and I called myself the singing realtor and it's still on my tag on my MLS name. Um, uh, but I really don't sing as much anymore as I used to. Yeah. Um, I, I do karaoke, uh, and that's actually how I met my husband was at a karaoke show. He was the karaoke yeah. DJ. That's and cool. so, I mean, when you really think about it, like all the, that four years of college led me to him. So I guess money well spent. A lot of four years in college and a lot of debt <laughs> met the love of my life. So it like, it balances out, right? It balances out. And <laughs> that's so funny. And like for you every day working with your mom has got to be a blast, right? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> my mother and I have very different personalities and I think she thought she was training me, but I think for the past uh, well, I guess 12 years, um, I've been training her mm. on how to deal with me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we finally like have a really good dynamic, but it did take a long time. And even every now and then it is, you know, difficult. We just have very different personalities and very different ways of doing things. But both of us get to the end game. And I think she's finally realized that. Right. Right. It's and not so, so much uh, how you get there. It's the fact that you guys get there to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. Right. right. When um, working with your mom, just you and your mom on a team, do you mm -hmm. guys split the workload? Because team structure is always different in real estate. It's always like either somebody does just buyers, the other is listing, or it's a combination mm -hmm. of the both. How do you and your mom work the structure out? So our structure is very clean. Um, she does her thing. I do my thing. Uh, and then the numbers are just combined in the end. Uh, I, I like to think that we span, you know, different generations. Yeah. Um, so she's got um, the younger buyers or people my age or, you know, Gen Z even that are starting to break into the market. She sees as her children mm. or grandchildren. And I just see them as my friends. So we have different ways of working with people. Right. Uh, so, I mean, our structure is mainly working with people that love to work with us. Right. And so that that is our team structure. We're not strictly buyers or sellers. We want to help people as much as we can. Right. Um, so... Yeah, and that's working with your question. mom allows you the freedom to kind of like, uh, if you need help with a showing, you know, you got her to to help you get them in the door. Right, exactly, and vice versa. Yeah, right, right, man. A mm -hmm. lot of time with uh, building a business with with family is is really cool. Especially, it sounds like you guys kind of have everything worked out now. Yes, we do have uh, the kinks worked out. 
Yeah, um, and working with family is really nice because people will come and go in your life uh, that are, uh, they have the same goals in mind, but then you have your mother and you've grown up with her. So you know how she works and how to communicate. And I think it does open up a lot more honesty is like, I don't feel like I have to filter myself in a business conversation. Um, so we can be more honest with one one another um, about how to deal with things. That's cool. I never thought about mm-hmm. thought of it that way. Um, there, do you guys have like a, like a routine system between the two of you guys? Like, uh, does your mom say we got to make five contacts every day? Like, no. do, you guys, do you guys have that structure? We, I, I'm very loosey goosey with my, I, the, the only structure that I have is I wake up every morning. I check the MLS and see if there's any homes in particular that my buyers want to see. And that is the only structure I do have. I know that sounds different, uh, um, no, unconventional, no, no. because I think that real estate, you know, they, they do say you have to have a system, you have to have a system. But my system is only really reaching out to people mm-hmm. um, in an organic way. Not that, you know, hey, boss, babe, I see that you've been like really slaying your business, you know, da, da, da. It's more of I'll see a a picture from a former client that they posted and I'll just reach out to them and say, hey, that there's it's just very organic and very every day's different for me. Yeah, I know you and I are one in the same in that manner because I'm not Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not one to be like call a friend out of the blue and be like, Hey, do you have, and do you know anybody who uh, will buy right. and sell real estate? Like that is just totally not my personality. And I feel like yeah, if you have known me in any regards, you know that that's not my personality. I'm <laughs> way more in, in the Morgan lane where I'm just like, Whoa, you had a baby. Oh, that's awesome. I'll throw him a text message. Dude, congratulations on the baby. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that just is, it's more me. It's more reflective of who I am. Right. Not to say that those people who say I need to make four calls every day to pass that's, clients. Yeah. Like that's, if you have the too. personality for that, right. then by all means do it. Um, and side note on the baby thing, um, what we do do, this is a fun little tip. If there's anybody who is in the real estate business, um, I took this from another realtor uh, that I saw speak at a conference one time is we made little uh, onesies. Ah. And it says I got my crib from the Overcash team on it. So whenever somebody has a baby, we send them a little note and give them a little onesie, you know, and I say, this is something to change the baby into, you know, on laundry day. That's so funny. (laughs) And they love it. They love it. That is cute. Do you guys go to like a lot of conferences and stuff? Uh, When we can. Uh, I mean, you met my mom at Summit. Yeah, right. And Summit's... Ah, I can only sit still for so long. Yeah. Before I start yeah. getting antsy. So I usually send mom to the conferences to soak up all that information because she loves to take notes. She loves to engage with people. And yeah. I'm more of you bring back the information to me. We'll talk. And yeah. yeah. And decompress a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Do you think uh, that environment like is uh, too overstimulating? Yeah, I do tend to get overwhelmed in social situations, which is weird. People are always, I have social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
being in big crowds of people is very overstimulating for me. Yeah. Uh, but one-on-one I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would I totally understand. You know, it's funny because a lot of people think that real estate agents are very, like extroverted people, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of introverted pe- real estate agents. A lot of people just like don't want, just don't like all that social pressure, but still love a one-on-one contact with people, you know? Exactly. There's plenty of those people that are out there. Uh, mm-hmm. And having uh, somebody to send in your place is, is pretty cool because you still get the benefits of the conference. Maybe not like the networking aspects but you still get the important part right which is the knowledge and all the tools that you guys take away exactly Exactly. is there one thing that your mom took to the uh showed you from one of the conferences or the summits that she'd been to that completely changed your business that is a very good question i would have to ask her nothing really um made a humongous impression on me um maybe you meeting you yeah well talking with you and um even though i wasn't physically there with you uh you really did make an impression on her and i think it's just the the one person thing uh it's like if you can meet one person that just kind of gets you Mm -hmm. then that i think uh delivers dividends over a little tidbit that a speaker gives you yeah it's inspirational in the moment but you're gonna forget about it right that's i feel like a lot of people when they go to those summits they're like you have the note takers that are like taking Mm -hmm. the stuff back but Mm -hmm. i would say probably anywhere in in the range maybe like 60 75 percent of those people like don't take anything away from it and they just Mm kind of let it sit in their pocket and -hmm. then they just kind of let it sit in their notebook and they forget about it exactly having the the commitment to be like Whoa, I really liked how this person did X. I'm mm-hmm. going to take X and make it my own. I think if you just take one piece out of those summits, it, it makes it worth the trip. You know? Exactly. And you said it really well. Just all, sometimes all it takes is just like one speaker that you see that it kind of kind of resonates with. Mm-hmm. Your your mom was a sweetheart. She was so nice. <laughs> like, she came up to me. She was like, oh, I love Thank you so much. It was just a pleasure. And uh, it's really cool. Have you guys started doing any video aspects or anything? Uh, I do a little bit of TikTok. Nice. Um, that actually was doing very well. And then again, there does need, I do need a little bit more structure in that respect of actually planning out my content. Um, and, but I mean, it has been very well received. I have started doing more informational videos uh, as opposed to my usual funnies. And that has done pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Do it. It's, uh, what is it? Uh, edutainment is what edutainment. I edutainment. Love yeah. yeah. I've heard that, uh, phrase used a couple times, so it's not my phrase. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to take sure. no, credit for it, but that's great. Yeah. That's a great way to, to think of it. You gotta, you watch a video of you singing a Michael Jackson song on the way to a showing. And then you have, <laughs> uh, like you educating people on what PMI is like, that's exactly. a great, that's a great mix. Do you show other aspects of yourself on social media? Like, uh, like, your personal life or is it strictly just real estate? Uh, I do. I, I do just me. And if I, in the moment I'm feeling like I need to turn my camera on and actually, you know, do something I will. Uh, I very rarely, like, as you see me right now, I very rarely wear makeup. I very rarely do my hair. 
sometimes I'll be wearing what I call my hoodie of truth, which is my oversized, comfy. You've seen those things. It's sort of like the yeah. upgraded version of the uh, Snuggie. Yeah. And I will legit, I have not done my hair, haven't even showered that day, but it's like something has overtaken me. I got to talk and put it up on the socials. And right. um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I'm just that's mean. cool because there's it seems to be there's like a lot of different train of thoughts. Like uh, when I was at the summit, there were some agents that are like, I never post personal stuff. It's only business on on my page. And then you have other people who are like, nah, I just do a mix of both. And that's mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. I just do a mix of both. Yeah. I have an Instagram account that's from a nickname that I had in high school, and I don't want to change it to Realtor Corey Lawson, Ugh. Syracuse Realtor. Like I don't I don't want to do this. Then I feel like it just just business and not like myself. Right. You know, I don't know. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's not me. I'm not the person to be like, Hey, do you know anybody who's looking to buy and sell real estate in the next week? Get out of here. I'm never no. going to make that phone call. No, never going to do that. It's so cringy for me. Yeah. For me too. But, but <laughs> the second someone texts me or calls mm -hmm. me or if they have a question, I'm right. there with the answer immediately. Right. Like that's the exactly. important part is being there to answer the questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How do you guys uh, generate leads? How do you guys generate business? It we we do our numbers every year and go back and see where our business came from, and it really is past clients and past client referrals. How do you nurture them so they can come back? I just say hey, and I just yeah. keep up those relationships. It's really that simple. Um, if there's if there's clients that I haven't talked to in a long time. It's like, again, that cringe aspect of it is I'm not going to, if I've lost touch with somebody and they haven't reached out and I haven't reached out, I'll like drop in a little text and say, Hey, I was thinking about you. Um, and if they don't respond, then I let them go. Yeah. Right. Cause I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I don't want to be that pushy. Salesman. Yeah. I don't want to be that pushy salesman. And it's like, I take good care of my people. Mom takes good care of her people. And we, we just keep the client base loyal by being friends to them. Yeah. And, and being your yeah. most genuine self. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and I, I made a decision in 2021. And I mean, I think beyond, you know, back before 2020, even I was working with a lot of, you know, cold leads and people that I did not know. And I found that those people and I'm not saying that, you know, all cold leads are like this, but there's not a level of trust there, mm -hmm. a mutual respect even. Yeah. And I felt like I was being abused. Yeah. For, a lot. For those not in the real estate industry, what is a, a cold lead? Okay. For those who are not uh, in the real estate industry, uh, a cold lead is literally a name. And a telephone number. Yeah. And that is it. That's all you have. You might have some extra information that says they're looking for a house and, you know, X, Y, Z. And their budget is this. Um, and you know nothing else about them. Yeah. And that's very daunting. And I can, I can do it. But there's always this level of I am so scared because I don't know who this person is. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to wind up with. And right. I am the kind of person that will go all in 
and work hard and everything. But sometimes even that is not enough for cold yeah, leads. Right. Especially when it's a stranger, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I'm meeting a stranger off realtor.com. I'm always like super cautious in how I approach them mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm protected as well as them. Yes. But it makes it hard because they don't know the standard. Even if I try to do like a, a buyer consultation and get them in the office and go over mm -hmm. things, a lot of times it seems like those leads end up with me spitting my tires a lot more rather than like my friend Jason from the gym. Like I know mm -hmm. Jason, we have a great relationship and I know that he trusts me and I trust him. So exactly. it's like a different um, dynamic, I guess. Exactly. And again, there's that comfort level. Yeah. Is you don't right. feel like you have to put on a persona That's not of you. I'm, you know, yeah. So, and right. and I know this is a podcast, so you can't really see the thing no, that I'm doing. No, it's like, I'm a professional oh. realtor. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And that's, uh, it makes everything a lot more like at ease and especially for mm -hmm. a transaction that's so nerve wracking, mm -hmm. something like that goes leaps and bounds. It's like, I'm very fortunate last year, I was looking at my sales, very SOI, very sphere of influence that it came from, mostly from Taikai friends, friends of friends or friends of family that made it a lot easier to work with. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that I don't, my business isn't built on like Zillow leads. I don't have, I don't work Zillow leads. I don't pay Zillow, uh, uh, anything really. So right. it's, uh, my source is just a little bit different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, what piece of advice would you give somebody who's just about to become a real estate agent? Oh, that is a very good question. <laughs> okay, this is what I will say. For someone who is about to become a real estate agent, and I don't think enough people talk about this, uh, and I'm not really a finance person, but this is the best advice that I was ever given, and I give it to every single person that is about to start the real estate business. When you start out, you're going to eventually get your first sale. And... Then you're going to look at your commission check and hopefully your commission check is significant enough that you're like, I am set. This is awesome. But then you go out and you buy new clothes or you buy a new car or you do this or whatnot. Set, create a business account, put your commission check in a business account. And then you salary yourself out every week. Mm. The same amount because if you are work, and this is the biggest thing, if you are working just for that next commission check, you're going to lose sight of taking care of your clients. You're going to lose that, really that fiduciary responsibility to your client mm -hmm. because you're just looking for the next check to get you through. So that's the best advice that I can give is set up your business account, have your commission checks go directly into that business account and pay yourself a salary. Yeah. That's a smart move. Yeah. That's a smart move. That's and uh, that yeah, that way whenever times get hard like with the market, you know, being more of a seller's market now, if you don't have listings, what are you doing? Yeah, you have right. to survive somehow. So that's that's the best advice I can give. How do you guys generate listings? Is it just going back to your SOI again? Yes, it yeah. is going back to the SOI. Every now and then I'll get a new lead and um, I'll go out and I'll check it out. And I, I 
give them the numbers and what to do and all that. Uh, but mainly it is SOI. Uh, in fact, uh, going today to uh, see some clients that just bought two years ago and they're ready to move again. And they're like, right. and they're like, this probably never happens. It was like, no, I, it happens quite a bit. And I love it when my clients come back to me. Right. Right. <laughs> it makes it me means, happy. It means two things, right? They like you and they trust mm -hmm. you enough, right. To want to do business with you again. Exactly. Yeah. Repeat customers are, are usually the best because they're usually mm -hmm. people that, uh, that you know and love, like they're people mm -hmm. that you really enjoy working with. You know? And they've been through it with me before. Um, yeah. I, I, and I, you know, give them, it's like, okay, this is the refresher course of what we're going to be doing. Um, but they don't need as much hand holding, Right. Which right. is very nice. You say uh, refresher course. Do you do that with all your buyers? You do like a buyer consultation? Yeah. And I had a listing appointment yesterday uh, with a client of mine. Uh, and she was actually my administrative assistant for the longest time. My work wife, as I call her. <laughs> and I was, you know, explaining things to her and she was rolling her eyes at me. And I said, do not roll your eyes at me. Don't give me that face. There have been changes since you left the office. I have to discuss them with you. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah. And setting those expectations up front make for a way smoother and easier transaction anyways. Exactly. Yeah. I, like, for me, it's like when I get in that buyer consultation meeting, I'm like, hey, this is the market trend you know, mm -hmm. X amount of people waiving inspection, people are bidding this amount over telling you this now. So you're educated. And I don't, it's, we're not in the heat of the moment. And we're like, Hey, here we are Friday night looking at the house offers are due Saturday afternoon. So mm -hmm. we need to make a decision immediately. Oh, you're gonna have to wave home inspection. Like you give them the news ahead of time. It seems to like be a more genuine, honest approach rather than like, Oh yeah, by the way, you're gonna have to do X, Y, and Z. Cause they're like, Whoa, hold on a sec. I didn't know that. I didn't mm -hmm. know I was gonna have to do all that to get this house. Holy cow. Yeah. But that's just that's just prepping the buyer before you before you get to the the showing. Exactly. And I feel like I close more deals when I do that. When I do that presentation, I feel like I get those buyers to the closing table rather than holy cow, randomreels.com lead gotta run, meet this guy at the house. And those end up always fizzling out. Mm -hmm. You know, just the, maybe that's just the, the nature of the business. Yeah, I do find that because I mean, they're, you never know with those leads. Yeah. You right. just never know. It's like, are never they know. really serious? I get so many calls all the time. And right. I mean, my biggest thing, cause as a, you know, woman, I am not going to drop everything and meet you at the house with Mr. or Miss random person. I don't care what yeah. your gender is. I'm not right. meeting you at a house if I do not know you. Right. You're going right. to have to send me a pre-approval letter and a copy of your license. Yeah. Right. I'm just not going to do it. What about a selfie? Can I send you a selfie? Uh, selfie. <laughs> no, no, none of that. Look, <laughs> look, we can go and do another episode on all the creepers that I've gotten in my inbox that have oh, used that. the pretext of I need a realtor. And then they start hitting on me. Oh, and nice. then it's like, I definitely don't want to be alone in a house with you like right. ever. Right. But yeah, we can do an entire episode on that. <laughs> right. I know exactly. And that's like, that's the different like uh, dynamics, right? Like I feel mm -hmm. like the, a lot of times the women in my office, they all have a scary story where they were in a weird, dangerous position mm -hmm. where they were uncomfortable or the client 
said some outlandish shit, but like I, I have been fortunate. I've never been in that position because I'm a dude. Right. And that's never going to happen. I did have one time. A, it's kind of funny. I showed a house. Uh, we put an offer in on it. The listing agent was somebody, it was an agent in my office. I'd have a good relationship with. And she had said, the seller said, Oh, is this the guy that came at 11 with the nice butt? That oh. was the only time someone had said something outlandish and weird. And that was just funny. And I brushed it off. Never <laughs> have I been in a house though, where somebody right. was like, Hey, you smell really nice. Like, oh that God, has that has happened, happened. happened to me. That has right, happened exactly to me. That. Right. See, and that's like, that's, <laughs> the, that's the difference between the two. So being like, making sure like you guys, like you are safe in the mm -hmm. house is, is rule number one. So yes. like pre-approval one and ID two, right? Exactly. Right. And you're and doing that to protect yourself. And it's also to protect the seller. Right. Because right. we are entrusted with showing their personal space. Yeah. And I'm not going to take some rando into a house. Yep. Right. Because I don't know right. who they are. Yeah. That's right. simple. Because you never know. Mm -mm. You never know. So uh, looking on to next year, how mm -hmm. is the Overcash team going to build a uh, business? Or are you guys just trying to maintain ship? I am just trying to maintain right now. Um, yeah. uh, a lot, I think a lot of people went through stuff in 2020 mm -hmm. and I found, and I'm sure a lot of realtors can relate, maybe even you, that I was tying my personality and my self-worth to the numbers I was doing as a realtor. Yeah. And that, especially during downtimes, especially during hard times, uh, can make you go into, you know, I call it bed mode or the, no bones mode. Hole. Yeah. You just lay down in bed and you're like, I have nothing to offer anyone. I'm worthless because my numbers right. are down and blah, blah, blah. So I've just changed the mindset of not worrying about awards anymore, not mm -hmm. worrying about making it summit next year. I'm really, I'm it's not on my goals list. My goals list is to help as many people as I can to get out good information uh, and to be there for people. So there's, we have our numbers goal for the year for, you know, aesthetics. Yeah. Right. But if we don't make that, that's fine. Cause as long as we made enough money to, to get through the year and we have still have a good close client base, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yes. like, I'm in your boat. Like, I have the minimum. Like, I need at least do X amount, mm -hmm. but I don't have a goal. Like, I need to hit, I need to beat X amount of dollars. I think there's a, there's a weird stigma for other agents who are like, what do you mean you don't want to increase your volume from last year? I'm like, no, nah, dude, my, I almost Why? pulled my hair out last year. I don't yeah. want to do any more business than I already did last year because mm -hmm. then I lose my balance, right? Like, exactly. I don't think, I will never be the number one top producing agent in Syracuse. That's not my shtick. That's not who I want to be. What exactly. I want to be is number one in my son's life. That is more important mm -hmm. to me. So if I have to lose a couple deals or refer them out to somebody in my office, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm cool with that. That just gives me more time to spend with Ashton. That's all. Exactly. You know? Because so, you really want on your gravestone to be number one realtor in Syracuse. Right. No really? one gives a shit. No <laughs> one's going to give a shit. 
Right. <laughs> but you know what's weird, Morgan, is in the moment those times were like January and February had nothing pending. Mm -hmm. Those two months was like depression hole for me because I was like, mm -hmm. I don't have anything in work right now. And then you go on social media and you are your other friend agents are like, deal closed, offer accepted. We mm -hmm. got this. We got that. And it's a really like weird emotion to, to keep in check because I never had that coming from retail. Retail mm -hmm. was like, I come in, I get my paycheck. Do we hit our sales number? Cool. All right. Peace. Here yeah. it's like, oh, there's a fear of loss. Yes. It, right? It's that FOMO. Yeah. Right. Yeah. FOMO. How do you uh, deal with it? How do you like put it into perspective? Uh, I just remember that there's going to be peaks and valleys. And I mean, I've been in, in it for so long that it really doesn't, I'll, I'll still get that little, you know, feeling in my tummy of you really could be doing better. You know that, right? You kind of right. suck right now. Um, and I just go, okay, well, what is, what is the one thing that I can do to, today to make myself feel better? Yeah. And help someone. Because that's the other thing is that you can sit there and you can be like, nye, 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 you know, you can, you know, say, you know, all kinds of words. But instead to say, what can I do to make myself feel better and to help somebody? Yep. And that's it. Right. That's and, kind of the way you kind of like bring it back to center. Mm -hmm. Just remind yourself that like, hey, today I could make uh, somebody really happy and give them some great information. Exactly. Right. And it's just so, it's just so much easier um, than trying to say, you know, to rationalize it of, you know, well, you suck and here's the reason why. And it's like, no, you don't suck. You're doing the best that you can. Just do one thing if you have it in you to do it. Even if that's just calling some an old friend and saying, hey, and just saying, I'm feeling vulnerable right now. Can I just vent to you even? And then hear about their life. And do you have like a like a mentor or a close friend in the business that's not your mom that you've been to? Uh, or is it usually your mom? It, it it usually is my mom. Yeah. And we just we have our things. Um it's good to have though, like your mom mm -hmm. in the business, because I feel like I uh I have my work mom, Donna Jordan, who got me into real estate, who I've known since <laughs> I was 17. You know, yeah. she's always been a positive mentor influence in my life. So anytime I need to vent, I got Donna, thankfully, mm -hmm. but not all agents have that. And it's even better that it's your own mother. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, you guys even have that that more of a, a stronger connection, you know? Exactly. There's my cat. Hey, is that a cat guest? Yeah, that's a cat guest. This oh, is Winifred. It. It, it always happens at least once. <laughs> she she loves my office chair. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is Winnie. Oh, how cute. Yeah, how she's cute. my baby. All right, go and on. You're a cat person. That's awesome. <laughs> cat and dog person. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so balancing your work and uh, social life, how mm -hmm. do you find the balance between the two? Um, so I kind of have to learn how to say no to things. Mm. And because I have my social life, I have my real estate life and we haven't discussed this yet, but I also have my drag wife because um, I do drag. And yeah, which is really cool. I've never uh, spoke to somebody who did drag before. Yeah. How did you get into how did you get into that? 
Um, so we have a store in Rock Hill called the Mercantile. Um, and yeah, if you're ever in Rock Hill, come to the Mercantile. This is a free plug. That's cool. <laughs> they're they're amazing. Um, Michael and Brittany Kelly, who run the store, decided to do a uh, literal drag race and then also a drag benefit show uh, with the drag queens. And um, I dabbled in makeup and Michael reached out to me and said, hey, I need a makeup artist to come and donate their time to put uh, a gentleman who has never been in drag before into a drag queen face. And I said, I'll be more than happy to do that. And uh, went to the show, watched everybody, was watching the pedestrians, <laughs> uh, the, the guys who had never been in drag before, just feeling themselves and enjoying it and really embracing it and seeing how much the community loved it. Um, so I decided that I wanted to do drag as well. So I became a drag king. Drag king. Okay. Yes. So I was going to ask, I feel like when I hear drag queen, I usually think of it's a, a dude as a drag queen. Right. And not the other way around. Is it right. Is it very rare that it happens the other way around? Um, no, there's a lot of drag kings. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I will say it's with the exposure of just drag queens uh thanks to rupaul's drag race yeah that seems to have made the mainstream and it's a good starter to have discussions but there's drag queens that are also assigned female at birth mm. um so not just men dressing up as women but you know assigned female at birth dressing up as women as well and i mean right. it's a spectrum it's yeah. a crazy spectrum. Um, yeah. But I identify as a drag king, um, and my character's name is Liam Laffin. Oh, Liam Laffin. Liam Laffin. That, yep. what, so, like, when you decided to get into drag, mm -hmm. what what was the initial feeling when you got to put on all the makeup and dress? I, as a king, do you put on makeup? Yes. Uh, okay. and how, does it, how did it make you feel? What were your first thoughts? I felt very um, at home in my body. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and again, we could like have multiple <laughs> podcasts on gender yeah, yeah. euphoria and everything. And I had always leaned more towards masculine, effeminate masculine, even characters in media, cosplay, um, everything. And that's kind of what Liam is, is this effeminate little dude. Uh, yeah. That likes to wear, you know, flowers, but also pantsuits and um, do um, different comedy routines. Um, and so that's that's what he does. That's cool. Now, are is this place like a stage where you would perform? So I perform at bars. Oh. Uh, I performed at brunches uh, a couple weeks ago. We did a college show at Davidson College. Um, yeah. And the kids came out and they were loving it. Um, so it's, it's wherever we're called right. to go. Um, so there's How not cool. really a set place. I, I've never met somebody who's, whose hobby is, uh, to go and drag. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, man, I don't even know like where, like when you guys do a show, do you guys like give each person 10 minutes like here's your 10 minute skit you do, or here's your 10 minute performance, whether it's singing or comedy. Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of how it's structured? 
it's structured more around the number of numbers that you do. Oh, okay. And so usually on average, we do two numbers. So yeah, it's about 10 minutes of stage time overall. Gotcha. Depending on the venue. And um, it's mostly lip sync for us, but I have seen around the world, there's drag artists that sing. I feel like you. Yeah. It's like I could sing. (laughs) Do you not Uh, sing? uh, I have not done that yet, mainly because the sound systems that we work with I don't have the capabilities and it's kind of a crapshoot. Right. Um, You don't know what you're going to get. So it's just easier to lip sync overall than sing. Yeah. But I would like to sing and drag one day. I feel like that's like the, that would go together perfectly, Mm -hmm. especially with your background. Exactly. I should do that. I really should do that. So how, how did you come up with uh, Liam Laffinson? Liam Laffin. So Liam I decided I wanted to go with a pun name. And so the leave them laughing was my thing. And I've always been partial to the name Liam. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the name that I came up with. It took a couple of days of solid thinking. Um, but Liam is just a comedy king. And um, yeah, it just, it, it stuck well. Yeah, that is, uh, that's really cool. So he's a comedy king he are you doing like stand-up comedy when you're up there? no actually i did dip my toe in stand-up comedy for a second oh really yeah uh back when i was younger and as morgan or as liam yeah as morgan as morgan yeah and it was a lot of fun but it it the burnout came mm-hmm. very very fast with that yeah yeah um because that's pretty much stand-up comedy i like to think of as a monologue theater right and you have to write and perform your stuff all the time and constantly constantly and you always yeah. have to have new material and it's right. woof, no thank you <laughs> right, right. <laughs> give bad so, props to anybody who does with with liam mm-hmm. what um how how many times a week do you perform last week i had four shows whoa four shows last week yes wow that's cool and this week i only had one i just finished one last night um at a bar in charlotte so it's it's really more of how many bookings i have a month and on average i can have anywhere between five to ten bookings a month just depends on the month whoa yeah that's pretty cool and it's you and other drag artists queens Mm -hmm. performing yep gotcha wow that's so cool that Mm -hmm. is very impressive what um what is a common stigma that drag queens get? Okay, so my friend, Mr., who is uh, the showrunner of Carolina Creep Show here in Charlotte, uh, will get the, the thumpers, as I like to call them, you know, the repent, you're sinning, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's just like, I don't, it's like, I I get where these people are coming from and I, you know, religious freedom. That's the beauty of our country is that we can say what we want to say and feel it. We're never going to be taken to jail for it. And so, um, but at the same time is that, that stigma of we're horrible people. Yeah. Which is we're, definitely we're going to hell. We're, you know, um, but it's not like that at all. What we've created is a community of a variety of artists 
that love one another and support one another, which is if you watch any kind of drag race where it's the uh, little sniping comments and, you know, the shade being thrown and all this, we don't have that here in Charlotte. It's very supportive and very loving. Right. And wow, that's a, that's really cool. That's I'm like in the camp where I'm like, I don't care what you're doing. If it doesn't hurt anybody. Right. Yeah, It's never hurt anyone. Right. Like if you want to dress as a different sex, well, like, what does that matter? It's just not, not hurting me. If that makes you happy and you, by the way, earlier you said you felt more comfortable in your body. Yeah. So like, if that's going to make you feel more comfortable, Mm -hmm. why not allow yourself to do that? Exactly. Is it something that you thought since you felt so comfortable in your body, it was, is it something that you thought of just being Liam all the time? It was a little voice in the back of my head, starting from the age of, as far as I can remember, about seven years old of, man, I I wish I were a boy sometimes. And I would like learn how to walk like a boy um, and stuff like that. Um, So there was a part of me that felt more masculine, has always felt more masculine. And, you know, being assigned female at birth, we were, you know, it's that also that little uh, rebel in me that's going, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I don't like wearing dresses. I don't like getting my nails done. I don't, you know, like I I had long hair uh, for the longest time. And that was uh, a big adjustment for everybody. When I finally cut my hair off, it's like, I feel like me now. And um, yeah, it's, it's the, since I started drag, I have found out more about myself as Morgan through Liam. Yeah. Right. And isn't it uh, crazy yeah. how just a haircut can make you feel more comfortable? Oh, let me tell you. Life? Let me tell you. I have inspired so many people to go and cut their hair off. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It feels so good. I'm like, I know. And then it will just grow back. So if you don't right. like it, it'll just grow back. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I've only known you with short hair, so I mm-hmm. I think you you pull it off, you rock it. I've never yes. seen you with long hair, so I have nothing to judge it against. <laughs> it got tangled a lot. <laughs> it got tangled a lot. It would get stuck in my window when I had the window rolled down. Ugh. It was awful. Pain, a pain. Is there anybody uh, that you perform with that takes their persona everywhere they go, like they are just embodied as a drag king or queen? Um, I don't know anybody who that's who they are all the time. Yeah. Um, I do know a lot of performers though, that they started drag and then they found out they, that, you know, they identified as the gender that they were uh, doing the persona for. And so it helped them along their journey to realizing that they're non-binary or trans. Mm-hmm. And, but still you have that show persona of yeah. this is me during the daytime and me during the daytime would never just walk up to somebody at a bar and, you know, do a funny little dance and then yeah. walk away. But right. Liam, Liam is able to give me that freedom to, actually cut loose and be my weird self without that fear of being uh, rejected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's cool to hear that. It's almost like, um, 
hope this doesn't come off terrible, but like yeah. a test drive. It's almost like you're test driving like a different gender, I guess. Test I, driving a different gender, uh, but it's also just a different personality. You, yeah, you, you learn. Yeah, you, it's like test driving different personality. It's like, but I could never do that during the daytime. Right. <laughs> I could right. never do that. It's like if I don't have a beard on and my sparklies on, the odds of me walking up to you in a bar and be like, hi. Yeah. How are you tonight? Can't do it. To none. Yeah, will never happen. I'll be in the right. corner working on my phone. To <laughs> yeah, right. So like putting on uh the beard, the makeup, mm-hmm. the sparkles, it almost you just immediately feel like you're Liam, like you just feel like a different person. Yeah, I feel like a different person. It's sort of like um I like to think of drag artists as superheroes. Mm-hmm. That you have and that's the funny thing is that whenever you see your friends in drag and most of us don't even know what our day names are. Mm. We just know each other by our drag personas. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so it's legit. How could anybody not know that Clark Kent wasn't Superman? But (laughs) when you see my drag mother on your nerves and she is, you know, almost seven feet tall and heels and a wig and, the eye makeup, the very first time I saw her out of drag. Yeah. I was like. Are you the same person? Huh? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like being a superhero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like even hard to tell. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and we're saving the world. Yeah, exactly. How, like, what is the process that people go through to find their character? Is it just, uh, is there like a certain, you have to do ABC or is it, does everybody get to their destination differently? Everyone gets their destination differently. Um, the drag journey is very personal. Um, there's some people that right out of the gate, they know exactly who they are. They know exactly what they're going to do. They know how to do costume design. They know how to do makeup. They know how to get their mixes down. They know everything. And then there's people like me who just kind of go, I don't know who I am yet, but we're going to, I'm just going to give myself this name and then we'll just kind of work our way through it. And if I like it, exactly. See if I like it. If I don't like it, I'll stop. If I do like it, I'll keep on going until I don't like anymore. And that's, that's where I am. (laughs) Honestly, there is a, there's a common thread because I, between drag and Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And I know this is going to sound ridiculous. I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons fan. I play a lot with, <laughs> uh, with my friends, right? But it's yeah. also the same thing for me. When I when we start playing, I'm a different, I'm embodying somebody different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I'm playing my care. I'm playing uh, Tyler, the water Genasi genie. Like that's that's who I'm trying to embody. And I will say though, I do have a hard time always figuring out what their personality is in the moment. Like I have a hard time saying like, uh, what would Tyler do? Do you have those moments where you're like, how would Liam react to this? Or is it just like so natural for you? It's just so natural for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It just, it's like, okay, this, and usually I learned this whenever I started doing drag is there's this, mold that I was trying to put my into myself into and am I allowed to cuss on this? Am I allowed to say the F word? (laughs) Okay. I'll just say the F boy persona that drag Kings have 
which is kind of that swagger. Oh, did you freeze? I think he froze. I mean, okay. uh, so we were talking about uh, getting in character, right? For yes. me, when I play Tyler, the water genasi, it's very uh, hard for me to figure out his personal personality, what he would do. Mm-hmm. You were just saying that you feel like it's very natural for you. Right. Officially now. When I was first starting out, I really didn't know what Liam would do in certain situations. But I have, like, you just have to test it out. You have to go, okay, is Liam like this? And then if the next day I'm cringing and I'm going, oh, no, absolutely not. That will never happen again. Then it's just a part of what I learned Liam does. And how have you figured out what he would, like, do you take notes at all? Or is it just all, like, up in your head? It's all up in my head. Um, I do have enough friends and um, I, I call them friends. So friends <laughs> that are fans that yeah. take videos of my performance. Oh, okay. So it's sort of like watching a game reel when you're uh, an athlete and you go, Ooh, let's never do that again. It needs to make a mental note. <laughs> um, so once you learn from that, um, you start to build who you are um, as a drag artist. And with that kind of thinking, does the the camaraderie of your friends mm-hmm. help uh, you kind of figure out who that character is? Yes. How you want to tweak it? Yes. It does okay. help. And uh, I got I get feedback from my elders, um, like my drag mother and my dra- drag aunties um, that have been in for a long time. And, you know, kind of my drag uncles. I don't really have a drag dad, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I get feedback from them. They go, OK, loved it. Try this next time. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Is there like a book like on how to drag or is this all just like self-taught by other people? It's self-taught, but YouTube is a powerful tool. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. YouTube is a powerful tool. Um, If there's anybody out there who was like, oh man, I've never heard of a drag king before. uh, All you have to do is just type in drag king on Instagram and the tag will reveal all these people. Right. And I just kind of learned from them mm-hmm. of what they do and then also what not to do. So yeah. Yeah. There's it's, a to do's and not to do's. Exactly. There's just like in anything, right? Exactly. Yeah. YouTube um, is the like number two search engine in the world, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right underneath Google. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. That's, and that's where I learned everything um, of notes uh, as far as makeup, goes um it's just a bunch of makeup tutorials oh i bet yes if there's somebody who's like on the fence like uh like kind of undecided if they want to get in a drag or if they want to try it what is a a piece of advice you'd give them go to your local drag show Mm. that's the biggest thing support local drag um and just go you know on a sunday Uh, sunday sunday or saturday brunches are a great place to um, kind of figure out the drag community there. Um, and usually the brunches are all ages shows. So, um, 
it's not as intense. <laughs> if there's, yeah, it's not as like adult yeah, oriented. Exactly. It's not as adult oriented. I mean, there's a lot of Disney numbers and a lot of uh, cartoons and stuff like that. Um, and then you just slowly start coming out more often. You get to know the drag community. And that's the biggest thing is the community part is none of us. I don't know any drag artist that has gotten anywhere completely on their own, stepping on people, um, being disrespectful. Yeah. It's building friendships. It's how can I help you? Um, how can I support you? And, you know, can I learn from you? Right. So, I mean, it's just like the real estate community <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah. Like, go to an open house. Right. Go, right. Um, yeah, that's like, um, office meetings. I've said this before, but I feel like when my parents were around, it was like the only form and the only way to find community was like either A, with the people you worked with or B, mm -hmm. through church, right? Yeah. That seemed to be the only way. Now there's just so many different ways that you could find, you could have an entire community in Dungeons and Dragons, an entire mm -hmm. community in drag, an entire community in this obscure video game that not many people play. You could still find a community. Mm -hmm. It might not be very large, but you could still find that sense of community online through all these different forums and websites and all these different things. Exactly. I think that's why churches aren't so popular anymore. I feel like people are finding that outlet with like other things that they're right. more passionate about. Yeah. It's like, if you go to church every Sunday, that's great. But it's like, who are you going to talk to about Bob's burgers that you're obsessed yeah. with? Right. <laughs> who are you going right. to talk exactly. to about your favorite podcast? Right. And, and it's like, you could take that to somebody at church, but they might be like, mm, it's not really my thing though. It's right. like, well, all right. Peace be with you. I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's the power of like a uh, Reddit. Reddit's like one of my mm -hmm. favorite websites. It's like, you could literally find a community for anything that you would imagine on there. Exactly. That, exactly. It's really now to bring it full circle. Yes. Last question. Have you, sold real estate to anybody in the drag community. Cause that's, that's how you bring it full circle, right? Exactly. Um, I did have one friend, uh, that I was helping try to buy a house, uh, that decided to take a step back temporarily, but all my drag friends know that I do real estate and they call oh, they me up about every now and then. Yeah. So, okay, so it's not hush. No, it's not hush hush. Okay. No, I'm very, I'm very vocal. I keep, I keep Morgan and Liam separated yeah. just to keep things clean. Right. Um, but um, my drag friends know I do real estate and um, I officially came out last year and told the entire world that I do drag. Oh, and so, just so sure you said people, it. yeah. And people in real estate know that I do drag as well. And so what made you want to, uh, to come out as a drag king artist and, and I also came out, you know, with my um, sexual preference and all that. And it was because our community here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, was having pride for the first time. It was very first pride. Oh, and wow. um, it felt so important for me as a drag artist, as a, you know, a part of this community to say, hey, you're not alone in this if you're feeling this way, you're not alone. Uh, so that's what really pushed me because when, how old are you, Corey? Uh, 30. Okay. So you're 30. I'm four years older than you, uh, but we're still millennials, elder millennials, whatever you want to call us. Yeah. We didn't have that 
growing up. We didn't have that. You know, if there was anything about you that was slightly different from the norm, you were made to feel like you were a freak. Yeah. And I had that growing up. And so the reason why I wanted to come out and talk about who I am as a person and as a drag artist was that way, if there was just one person out there that was feeling the same way and felt like a freak to let them know they're not, that they're beautiful the way that they are. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. What yeah. a powerful way. I think that's a great way to, to end the podcast. I you think have, so too. You have shown that uh, the people who dress and drag are not freaks. They're wonderful human beings. Like Oh, yourself. they're amazing. <laughs> they're amazing and it doesn't, That's the cool thing about the age we live in is... Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to be embarrassed about the things that we love or are passionate about anymore. If exactly. you like drag, mm-hmm. you should talk about it. If you like Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, there's exactly. no satanic <laughs> over <laughs> no umbrella over it. You yeah, know? exactly. You and Dungeons and Dragons is very metal too. Yeah, <laughs> it's so <right>. metal. <laughs> I, I bet you would really love it, Morgan. I bet you would have a blast playing. I think it would too. I just need to find, uh, I guess, a local group that does it. Um, and yeah, I just need to find, I I do have a couple friends that talk about D and D all the time. I will throw this out there. If you have a couple friends that want to play and you Mm -hmm. want somebody to run a game, Mm -hmm. you got my number, hit me up. I'd be happy to run a game for you guys. I think you guys would really enjoy it. Cool. I'd love that. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I appreciate your time. And thank you for educating me on something that I know literally zero things about until today. Well, it's always fun. And if uh, anything, just search out on YouTube. Go support your local drag shows because I'm pretty sure they do have those in Syracuse somewhere. They have to. I would imagine. I don't I don't know where they're at, but I bet you they are. If you just type in drag Syracuse, which I'm going to do after I eat lunch, we'll, I'll see what events and stuff are going on. And there has to be something. There has to be something uh, because there's little drag communities everywhere. Yeah. Morgan, yeah. I appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, Corey. This has been fun. Likewise. Likewise.